Right, good afternoon everyone. Um, I know some of you, I don't know everyone. Um, Tracy asked me to talk about uh, Fingal's story uh, with open data. Um, and I suppose I'm making the assumption that most people know what open data is. I, uh, in, a lot of, in a lot of cases I actually start off with uh, a description of what open data is. But I'm going to give the story of Fingal and then talk about some of the challenges that public sector bodies uh, face in releasing data. So Fingal was established in 1994 with the breakup of Dublin County Council. Um, uh, so South Dublin uh, County Council and Dalira Down County Council were, all, were also formed at the same time. So we're a relatively young council. Um, we're now the third largest local authority in the country by population after Dublin City and Cork County. Um, the youngest profile of the population in the country and the, the fastest growing uh, over the, the past three censuses combined. Um, we had a particular problem when Fingal was formed because this new uh, administrative entity and new geographical entity uh, didn't exist before. So trying to get data about Fingal, you just couldn't. Uh, agencies, public sector agencies, reported on an all of Dublin bases, or you know, at the most it would be Dublin County and Dublin City, but generally it would be on all of Dublin. They certainly didn't know anything about Fingal. So that presented a challenge for us. How are we going to plan for services if we couldn't get data about all of those other services, such as health, social protection, etc., uh, etc.? Et and it's further complicated, and this isn't just a bingo problem, by boundary issues of other service providers. So here on the, the left-hand side, you look at Garda districts. Uh, now, some of these have changed, so the Loudoun one has now contracted in. There's been some, but you can see the overlap between Dublin City and going across into Meath and Loud, and then uh, down below. And again, with the HSE, and all the, although the HSE was confining itself to Dublin County, you can see the overlaps across the county boundary there between Dublin City and across there as well. So it was quite difficult to actually get data about what was happening, either in terms of policing or in terms of health. And the same would have applied across lots of different agencies. And coupled with this, what was happening in Fingal was rapid population growth, particularly after 1996, the graph started to go a lot higher. And from 1996 to 2011, over that 15-year you know, period, you see a growth of population from 167 to 273,000. That's the fastest growing uh, population of, for an area of its size in Western Europe during that time period. Um, and in the council, we had to cope with that growth and had to make sure that services were provided for all these people coming to live in this county. And we relied heavily on data for the base, as the basis for service planning. And part of what we did was we developed this initiative called the Fingal Data Hub. Now it, it, it started, it went through a number of iterations of the Fingal Data Sharing Initiative, trying to solve this problem of how could we get data about our area, this new county, and how could we plan for services in cooperation with other agencies. So we had a number of agencies came on board with us through the the framework of the county development <coughs> uh, is now about to be abolished with the, the new local government legislation. Uh, but it enabled us to have conversations at the local level with the health service executive, with the VEC, with the Department of Education, with social protection. And we came up with this model, a uh, technical model, whereby if we geocoded data sets, administrative data sets from these agencies, aggregated them to electoral division level, and then shared them amongst the agencies, we would then be able to combine them at county level uh, or uh, between various agencies in a way that was meaningful. Um, and we did that. Now, there was a lot of nervousness. You know, this was uh, 
probably about seven years ago when we started this. And the various agencies were going, well, what about data protection? What's going to happen to my data? I'm very nervous. So we put in place a protocol, a thing called data sharing protocol, to, to reassure and so that there was. And initially, it was only about sharing between the agencies. And the protocol was there to make sure that the data couldn't go beyond the agencies concerned. It would be only used for the purposes of service planning. And using Instant Atlas, which is one of the tools that Aero used, for example, we then visualize the data. And so there's population data, for example, and highlighted any of you who have worked with electoral divisions will know that uh, Flagstown, Blakestown is the large population electoral division in the country. 32,000 in 2006, 36,000 at the time of the last census. And that's why we needed small areas. How do you plan for uh, an electoral division that has a larger population than the county of Leitrim? <laughs> Um, so this is what the interface looked like. And then once we had published this, and once it was shared between the different agencies, suddenly they realized, actually, there's no problem here. This is, this is fine. There, there's no risk. And they agreed that the data would be opened up. And we'd make it available to the public to access this, this site, the, the thing called data of the site. Following on from that, that brought us to a point where we became aware of the open data movement. And effectively, we were kind of on the cusp of it, but we became aware of this concept of let's releasing the data uh, in its raw form, in machine-readable form, for reuse by others for, for whatever purpose. Um, so we decided to, to build Fingal Open Data. And as Rob said earlier, we were the first uh, government body in the country to build an open data website. Uh, so you can go on to data.bingo.ie, we started with about 60 data sets um, and now we're up to over 200 data sets published on the website. Um, we have, uh, there are a number of different categories uh, that we published data under, eight different categories that we, we looked internationally at different methods of, of uh, categorising data. You can see there along the, the top CSV, XML, RDF, KML, we tried to stick as much as possible to open data formats. Uh, and machine learning <coughs> um, We blog about the things that we do. Uh, we have these features, so we've introduced a new feature of dates out of the month, so historic graveyards went up for Halloween, for example. <laughs> uh, and, and we will blog about what's happening in the open data community in Ireland. But we're trying to promote uh, the reuse of the data and promote interest in the data through the website. And for example, here is where we created using the Open Spending Tool from the Open Knowledge Foundation a visualization of council budget. And again, I went to my finance department and asked them, you know, can we visualize the budget? And they said, well, that's what I'm doing. I show up and here and just visualize the subject. What, what difference does it make? That's the same as the data that's already published. There wasn't an appreciation that for most people looking down through a spreadsheet is totally different to seeing it in a visual format. And, and you know, you, you get that qualitative difference, I think, with, with members of the public who aren't necessarily looking at this data to be able to visualize it and see it. So that's, that's the, the, the website. And... Um, I suppose one of the things that happened when we, when it's three years ago, it's, it's three years ago around now, it, it, it will be around this time three years ago that we uh, launched this website. And we kind of adopted this view of once we what, built it and they have come, field of dreams type thing, but of course nothing happened. <laughs> and we're kind of, okay, so what do we do now? Um, so we decided that we needed to do something to incentivize people to, uh, to actually make use of the data. In addition, I have been talking to a number of people, uh, senior civil servants, and saying this is something that should be done. Because another motivation in this for us was that we had been trying to get data from other agencies and hadn't been able to find it. And when we did find it eventually, it was in PDF. And we wanted to say, okay, we can't give out about us not doing it, we're not doing it ourselves. 
and we wanted to promote the concept of others actually releasing open data, other public sector bodies. But when I said it to, to people, they said, well, what has anybody done with the data? Has anybody made anything with the data yet? And at the time, nobody had. So we ran a competition called Apps for Fingal. Uh, at the end of 2011, start of 2012. We got sponsorship from local companies. Uh, we had a number of categories, community, enterprise, tourism. We uh, based those categories on what were priorities for Fingal County Council at the time. And we had student and ideas categories as well. And the ideas were basically that people who weren't technical could just uh, come up with ideas for the apps that we created. And 22 apps were built. The condition of the apps as uh, part of the competition was they had to be working apps, they had to be functioning. Um, and we were delighted because it came just after uh, apps for Germany that I think had 20 apps or something for the entire country, you know, so we were delighted with that. Um, and I think Peter was uh, entered one, one of them, for example. I was going to show you all up here on the screen here. He didn't win. What? He didn't win. But, uh, and, and it was, from that point of view, it was successful because now we had a demonstrator. We could show people this is what can happen, and that was the whole intention of doing this. This is what can happen if you release the data. Good things can be built with the data. So, following on from that, a year later, Dublinked was created, and Dublinked is a, a Dublin region initiative. So, it's the four Dublin local authorities coming together, along with NUI Maynooth, uh, so a partnership between the three of them, and using an IBM platform behind it uh, to. Uh, release data, but the releasing of the data isn't the important thing in Dublin. What Dublin is about is data-driven innovation. So looking at problems that are facing the Dublin region and how can those problems be addressed through innovative solution. But the data being either the baseline for identifying what's the baseline at the moment, then putting in the, the <coughs> density of anything has changed, or the data as the basis for actually building new apps, building services, making information. But, but the focus is on improving the city region in this project. So there's, there's a research zone uh, there for membership where there might be issues around legalities or around charging and stuff like that. So you have to be a member to access that data. But over 80% of the data is open data. Now, it's not all necessarily in open data formats because we haven't been precious about that. Because again, the focus is on getting the data air and looking at the problems and seeing can the problems be solved. And with Dublin, as well as releasing the data, events are run. So there are regular events on different themes. So if you go on to dublinked.ie, you can register for, uh, to, to get on the mailing list. Mary is here who looks after the whole thing. Actually, we've just come from a, a technical meeting of Dublin, so a number of the people involved in the Dublin project are in the room at the moment. Um, and there's over 280 data sets from the Dublin region published on the Dublin website. And interestingly enough, uh, earlier this year we did a survey of different local authorities around the country, Fingal County Council did, and at the time we thought that Fingal Open Dublin were it, but actually five other local authorities, unbeknownst to us, have open data websites. Now there isn't a whole heap of data on them, but there is data there, they've taken the initiative and they've gone and published them. So you can see that we have uh, Clare, Limerick, Sligo, Roscommon and Galway are publishing data uh, on their websites. Um, which is great, uh, and, and there is an appetite certainly in local government, because I've been uh, speaking to my own colleagues and, uh, and peers in local government to release this data, uh, and I'll get back to some of the issues around why this isn't happening or hasn't happened to date. Uh, but that's great to see that, that that's happening around the country. Um, I, I wasn't going to say, I, I, I was going to leave it at that in terms of the update, but I, 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 I will point out that 
uh, at national level, uh, it is government policy now. It wasn't when we started, and we did all of this under uh, the, the reuse of public sector information directive. That gave us our legitimacy to release the data. But it wasn't government policy at the time to pursue an open data policy. <coughs> since then, bit by bit, it has become government policy. And in the, the past few weeks, particularly with Ireland uh, joining the Open Government Partnership, the International Open Government Partnership, uh, Minister Howland made an announcement uh, at a meeting in London uh, that Ireland would do four things. One, we would adopt the G8 group's Open Data Charter, which would commit us to things like uh, machine-readable formats, etc., etc., that there will be an Open Data Portal created, a national Open Data Portal created for the country. There isn't one at the moment. That there will be a national steering group or oversight group, uh, and there will be a national working group. So they're all positive developments. So hopefully that will uh, mean that, that open data in, in Ireland national level will, will progress. And also there's a very active open data community, and Dennis has already been mentioned, and he's the Open Knowledge Foundation Ambassador for Ireland, uh, and would coordinate open data meetups that happen monthly. So next Thursday, for example, Thursday next week, there's an open data meetup in Engineering in Barrow Street in Dublin that anybody is welcome to come along. If you just search for Open Data Ireland on Google, you'll find the details and you'll find where you can sign up. Or, well, uh, opendata.ie, it's on there as well, isn't it? On the event section, yeah. Um, and as well as all that, you know, with these apps, there are actually five startups who are seeking to commercialise uh, products and services that have been built with public sector data and have been through uh, NDRC Launchpad programme and so on, uh, as well as the multinationals doing their research. Um, but in terms of, I, I want to mention knowledge management because from the public sector point of view, it, it can be seen that publishing open data is an imposition. It's an extra cost, it's an extra hassle, it's an extra effort, and what do you get back for it? So our approach and what we've been doing in Fingal over the past year in particular is trying to look at where's the benefit of open data to the organisation itself. And we've tied our open data in with a knowledge management strategy. So for us, our knowledge management and open data project that we've given approval to progress across the local government sector in the country has three main streams to it. A structured approach to knowledge management within uh, local authorities. So if we're looking at you know, establishing likes of knowledge-based, knowledge frameworks, centre of excellence type of thing. Easy and timely access to information. So one of the things that we found in the survey that we uh, sent around within the sector for local governments is that there is a substantial cost to government in looking for its own data from different departments within local authorities, from different public sector agencies, just the time spent moving data around is a cost. And if you put in the infrastructure to actually look after that and reduce that cost, it's the same infrastructure that enables you to publish open data. Uh, and that's the approach that we're taking, is to align them together. And in Fingal, we've also decided, uh, we, we have a pilot at the moment of a data analytics unit uh, because we're looking at the evidence base of, you know, can open data be used to support decision making? And it's not just about the open data, it's also about our own data. But we're trying to see, can we actually set up uh, and, and get people together within our organisation who have the skills? Because we found, for example, when the, the census prior to the last one, when it was released, a number of people within our organisation went and did the same processing in a number of different places on the census data, unbeknownst to each other, and effectively reinvented the wheel in, in analysing the census data. So we're trying to see, can we set up the cross-departmental team that would do that once and provide that service to the organisation? So we've set up on a six-month pilot, 
uh, there's three people have been allocated one day a week, they went to a room together, Brendan is here, has been allocated from IT to it. We have a statistician uh, and, and, a, uh, and also a planner working on that team together. And the, the job they've been given in that six month period is to come up with an economic profile for Fingal. And it's primarily based on data that's available from public sector agencies. But also seeing by doing that, do we get synergies out of that work? Uh, and also using that as the evidence base for decision making and data-driven operations. So we're particularly interested in the sort of work that's been done by New York City, where they're looking at data to focus things like inspections, and they found that their success rate in terms of inspections and enforcement and so on went from something like 10-20% uh, of uh, you know, finding uh, up to 75-80% because they were able to target the most likely offenders, um, and they've got huge bang for the buck in terms of, of doing that. So we're trying to see, can we do something like that as well, based on the data. So I'm just going to finish off by talking about some of the challenges that uh, people, that public sector in particular, faces in releasing that data. First of all, this takes effort. Because I keep saying, you don't just turn on an open data tap and let the data flow. Um, so there's effort involved in doing this. Um, and that's probably the, the biggest challenge, is particularly when resources are been, when finances have been cut back, and staff have been cut back, how do you actually get the bandwidth for people to, to do something about releasing that data? And inevitably what happens in the first instance is somebody does a manual publishing of a data set on a once-off basis. But if this is really to be done well, then what you have to do is start putting scripts in place, start putting in automated routines so that the thing becomes sustainable. But that's work, that's effort, somebody has to do that. Uh, there can be resistance. So in, in particular, there can be a conservative culture within the public sector, and, and that's well found, and there's good reason for having that, to make sure that everything works effectively. But the automatic response is, what's this for? Why are you doing this? You know, why is it needed? And even when government mandates it to happen, there can still be a reaction against it. I particularly have seen this in local government in the UK, where they, and a lot of, particularly the smaller local authorities, they were so cut back, they had so many cutbacks and such a, a big reduction in their staffing numbers that they will do the bare minimum in terms of open data that they've been instructed to do, but go outside the bounds of that and you know, they don't want to know about it because they're already up to here with everything else. Um, but really what we need to try and engender and what I try to engender is moving from a culture of why to why not. Uh, and, and, and that takes dialogue, that is, is about having conversations and it's also about demonstrating value. Uh, so the Fingal Data Hub was able to demonstrate value to the different participants in that project because they were able to access data that they previously couldn't access in order to assist their service planning. And there's an example, one of those startups that I talked about, uh, MyPP Media, they're a startup who have taken planning data from the four Dublin authorities, provided a service on the website where you can go and you, you can look at planning applications for all the four Dublin authorities. Now people have been asking local government to do that for years. But we would have had to go out and set up a project team, so on and so forth, spend money spend, to do all this. We just published the data. Kieran, my PP, took it, created the website. He sees a commercial model for that. He sells advertising on it. He now has an office in Palo Alto, employing five people. He's, his market isn't Ireland, it's the States. But there's a, a situation where there's a commercial model for that service, and the public sector hasn't had to spend a penny in getting that service up and running. So by that sort of thing, and, and that particularly resonated with county managers and, and the people uh, in the local authorities. There are, I'll speed up now, there's technolo technology issues, so legacy systems, not necessarily either, the proprietary data formats and systems, how do you get them out? 
um, needing middleware, needing ETL systems, needing scripts and so on, requiring automation, requiring infrastructure if it's going to be sustainable. There's the whole thing of charging models. So one of the reactions that you sometimes get, well, if other people are going to make money, why can't the local authority or the public sector body make money from this? And that will help address our funding issues where our funding has been cut back. <coughs> of course, the problem with that is that it actually would generally cost more to collect the money than it would to, to uh, release it for nothing. And that's been demonstrated, particularly by EU studies, that actually it's more cost-effective to, to release for nothing, that the payback in terms of taxes that come in at the end, etc., uh, is, is far better. There's data quality issues. So the data is collected for a particular purpose, and it may well be fit for purpose in terms of the quality that, that, uh, that's held in the, the system for the operational purposes, but that may not be sufficient quality for what somebody else wants to reuse the data for. And also, how do you actually rate the quality of data? There's not really much point in rating the entire data set, because the quality will differ across different records within the data set. So if you're not actually recording the quality of the data in the first instance as part of your operational process, how do you then uh, give some indication of quality to the people who are going to reuse the data, particularly if it's a requirement of whatever business model is being created. And then intended use. So we collect the data for a particular use or for a particular purpose, but then somebody else will take it and use it for a different purpose. So again, you know, there's Jason Rowe has a start with Parkia. He's looking about solving problems. How do you find parking in a city? Uh, where is it going to be? How much is it going to cost? He looks for our parking data about parking bays, parking meters, uh, and the charges. The data that we have is the CAD drawings, the engineering drawings, that enable those bays to be put in in the first place. They're not really suitable for turning into an app to enable you to find it. And you have to go and uh, do some manipulation with the data. So it was a different purpose that the data was collected for, for what it's been reused for. And then there's the whole thing of what do we do? We so, okay, I'm all up for this open data thing. What do I do? There are steps that have to be taken. Uh, show me some standards. Show me uh, what formats I should put my data sets in. Show me a book. Show me some guidelines. Uh, I often get that as well. Uh, do we need to buy software, etc., etc.? Uh, but ultimately, uh, open data is made a lot easier if there is buy-in. From my point of view, the county manager at the outset bought in and said, yes, this is something we should do. And that made life so much easier. And if you have buy-in from the top and a vision for what this, or at least an appreciation of what the potential benefits are, that makes it so much easier. And that uh, just uh, eases the path to the release of data. So that's our story. That's the challenges. That the uh, presentation is up on SlideShare. Uh, you can get it at that address if you want to. Thank you.